The man who desired gold. Somebody give me a brief synopsis of what happened. He was feeling like he was in a place where he, he was thinking about what he had. And then he started to realize like that he didn't have things because he didn't ask for it. He didn't desire it. He didn't look for it. Yep. Yep. Um, who else? Together. I'm sorry. Somebody else? I'm sorry. They were they were realizing that uh, the people around them were making more money than them, and there was a difference between what they were doing and what the people around them were doing that were making money. Yeah, yeah. Anybody else get get anything from uh, first chapter? Man who desire gold. I I would say um, I I would say even in even in that in that in that edition that I read I I listened to because I have the audio book. Um, they were talking like he felt played, man. <laughs> like, like he was like, like you're not, you're not smarter than me. You know, you don't, we, you know, we share the same time. You don't do this better than me. Like, how do you make more money than me? Like, it was, it was crazy. Like, it was, it was almost like he was talking like in, in this time, and it, it was, it was hilarious because he's talking like, like we talk today. Yeah. And a person just want no answers to why you make more than I do. Yeah, yeah. So there was a part in there. Um, uh, I got like some some highlights in here. He says, um, obviously, he says, uh, what exclaimed Kabai? So you got Bansir and Kabai. Kabai is his magic, his um, musical friend. He he does music, and Bansir is in a in a rough place right now. He's just having a really really tough day. Because he, at, at some point, he realizes that the slaves in Babylon were not doing too much worse than he was as a free man. Like they're there carrying the water and, you know, they're slaves. But he's like, yo, we got about this, we're doing about the same financially. So he says, um, you know, he's just kind of down. And Kabai says, what's up? And, um, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, um, so Bansir says, a torment from the gods it must be. Bansir agreed. It began with a dream, a senseless dream, in which I thought I was a man of means. From my belt hung a handsome purse, heavy with coins. There were shekels, which I cast with careless freedom to the beggars. There were pieces of silver, which there are pieces of silver with which I did buy finery for my wife and whatever I did desire for myself. There were pieces of gold, which made me feel assured of the future and unafraid to spend the silver. But he started that part that part off with, it was a torment from the gods. The desire to be successful was tormenting him. Ain't that deep? To be like, let's just say like on social media or whatever, to see success is tormenting you. Okay, and then he says, why indeed? Because I woke, I awoke and remembered how empty my purse was. <laughs> he had a dream of success, but when he woke up, 
he he deemed that as a nightmare because he woke up in reality. Yikes. I know I can relate. Can anyone relate? It would be cool. Like, I remember thinking it would be so cool to live in a third world country. Because if I don't have anything and everybody else doesn't have anything, we don't have anything together. I'm good. I'm not even thinking. Of, I, I don't even know that this, this is just life. I don't know this is a bad situation. I don't have anything to compare it to. The torment came when I realized that other people were doing better than me. Ain't that deep? Uh, that really struck a chord with your boy. Uh, was somebody about to say something? Okay, y'all can just- Yeah, I wanted to say yeah. something real quick. Uh, sorry, y'all. All right, so yeah, I can relate to that, Dave. Like, I, I'm kind of transitioning myself. Like, I'm not jealous of nobody, but I know that I'm as smart as some people, but my purse is kind of shallow right now. But I, I know I got the intentions and the means, like educational and worth work ethic to do things it's just like man it ain't coming to fruition but i just i'm gonna get off real quick too i don't want to hold up too much time but the living in third world third world country i was actually in iraq man for like a year and i saw how them people was living man they they like man it's a horrible thing man they we'll give them mres like that's meal readies to eat off our trucks like what we had to eat and the kids will fight each other for it so we had to stop giving them food mm. Mm. hey i was gonna say that um sometimes you can compare that to people who live in a hood or have a hood mentality where they don't know anything else. They've never left their hood. They never left, like, it's like that in Atlanta. It's like that in DC where there's certain people that don't leave their area. That's all they know. So you say about leaving, well, I'm gonna leave for? They don't wanna see nothing else. They don't know nothing else. And they keep you in a mindset where what you have is enough when you don't know anything about anything outside of what your regular norm is. So we can be living in a third world country inside our minds here now. The poverty mindset. Yeah, um, I think it's gonna either um, being in that environment, it will either um, it will either inspire you, or you'll be tormented by it. Then I think it comes into like personal development. Look, moving moving right along, he says. Um, um, he said, um, "We have been contented subjects." So he's talking to his friend. And they're like really kind of talk. I don't know why my joint. Hold on, because my camera is leaning a little bit. Let me bring that over a little bit. Okay, there we go. That doesn't even seem better. You got the loose tripod? What you got? No, nah, it's a little. I, I I'm unloosing it and then shaking it. All right, forget it. I'm sorry, Jose. Um, he said. So he's talking to his man, and he's like, "Yo, we've we both." grew up together the same way. We both were right. So he says, we have been contented subjects of our kind. We have been satisfied to work long hours and spend our earnings freely. We have learned, we have earned much coin in the years that have passed yet to know the joys that comes from wealth. We must dream about them. Bah. Are we more than dumb sheep? Here's the part that I highlighted. We live in the richest city in all the world. The travelers do say none equals it in wealth. About us is much display of wealth, but of it 
we ourselves have not. After half a lifetime of hard labor, thou, my best friends, has an empty purse and sayest to me, may I borrow such a trifle as two shekels until after the nobleman's feast is night. Then what do I reply? Do I say, here's my purse, it's content. Will I gladly share? No, I admit that my purse is as empty as thine. What is the matter? Why cannot we acquire silver and gold more than enough for food and robes? He says, we live in the richest city in all the world, wealth all around us. But you asked me for two shekels, I ain't got it. I'm just as broke as you. And he says, why don't we have enough money for just food and clothing? I tr Listen, the first time I read this book, that's exactly where I was. I had just enough money for food and clothing. That's why it was so real for me. I asked myself, yo, why don't I have more money? Like every now and again, I can get some outfits for work. I can get some new work clothes. Um, every now and again, I'll get some sneakers or something like that. I can get a pair of jeans on a good shift from work. I'm not starving, but that's the line. I can't really get over that line. But I live in the richest city in all the world. The richest country in all the world. You all are in, a, uh, in an environment. It's money all around you. But for some reason, we can't get our hands on it. Anybody ever feel like that? This this story is deep for me. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, definitely this is deep. I mean, on a lot of levels. And I think like today we can relate that to people who live in big cities. Like you live in New York, you live in Atlanta, you live in LA, like you're you're right there. Mm -hmm. But you're looking around like, okay, I'm doing all right, but like I'm here, but what the heck? Yeah. So it's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. 
All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. Yeah. <laughs> I know I always feel like that as well, Dave. I feel like that a lot of the times. Like, wait a minute, I have the I have the the university knowledge. I have all of these certifications. I have, 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 right? But just like we said, like when you asked us like um about what this year is about, it's about the implementation, but then it's also about like the right implementation. Um, because I know I've struggled with that a lot. Like, well, what exact steps do I take? What like where is the where is the blueprint to get it (laughs) and a lot of people they say they have the blueprint but man they don't really be having that blueprint and so I think that that's um like the point of it like is is doing something to get out there to start to try um but really just having some strategy just trying just implementing it just getting out there and just trying everything until you figure out what your correct blueprint is because your blueprint dave isn't going to be my blueprint and so you just got to get out there and try test and tweak mm-hmm. hello 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 miss 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 west is in the building until you, you talking, get it right you talking good you're talking good like what i want to get uh or, or this other party said um all right, so this this is where it happens, right? Um, that is truth, Kabai, unpleasant though though it be. We do not wish to go on year after year living slavish lives. <laughs> That's a strong. This this joint is so strong. He said, uh, year after year living slavish lives, working, 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 getting nowhere. Anybody feel like that? Might we not find out how others acquire gold and do as they do? Kabai required, perhaps there is some secret. The light bulb goes off. He said, yo, I need to just find somebody who knows how to get wealthy. Who do we know that got some bread? But watch this. Look look at my man Ben's here. He said, um, Kabai says, yo, the, our cat, our friend, he's wealthy, right? And then Kabai says, he's so wealthy, he's so rich. Ben's here interrupted. 
I fear I should meet him in the darkness of the night. I should lay my hands upon his fat wallet. My man's like, yo, he's got so much bread. I'm afraid I'm around. Okay. Let me get that. I, I need that. The first thought is, okay, Kabai had the right mentality. He said, yo, we need to find somebody successful, right? First thing, we should find somebody successful. Ben Sarah says, you're right. We can rob him. Let's jump him. You know what I'm saying? That's the first thought of wealth, right? But then Kabai says, you're bugging. He's a nonsense. We prove Kabai. A man's wealth. And this was the strongest part. He says, a man's wealth is not in the purse he carries. A fat purse quickly empties if there be no gold stream to refill it. Our cat has an income that constantly keeps his purse full, no matter how liberally he spends. Kabai understands. He understands that you need a skill. That's go- It's not about getting the money. It's about, yo, he's like, yo, if you rob him, he'll get it back again tomorrow because he has a constant stream. Our focus needs to not be about getting money. Our focus needs to be creating a stream. This is so good. All right, last thing. Thou speak with true inspiration, Bansir. Though bringeth to my mind a new understanding. Thou makest me to realize the reason why we have never found any measure of wealth We never sought it. He says, the reason we have not accomplished getting wealthy is because we never truly sought it. Now, we all like are looking to build something and make money, things of that nature. But have you ever truly sought wealth, like sought it out? Not making money, but sought wealth. Like I'm going to intentionally look for wealth. That was good. Okay. Um, questions, comments, concerns before I get into my, my sermon for the day? I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I would say yes and no. Um, yes, because I was trying to find a way to invest in my money, but not actually understanding like the true principles of credit, of wealth, of how it all works Mm -hmm. and moving my money, not correctly. So now I am. So yes and no, because now I'm like understanding and taking, I wouldn't say losses because they're lessons. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This year, however, we are going to seek out wealth. We're going to seek it. We're going to intentionally be looking for it. Intentionally. We're going to take the classes. We're going to take the workshops. We are going to find every wealthy person that we can find, and we are going to seek it. Give me a secret. That's why, listen, this month, this whole, y'all, my goal is 10 millionaires. We'll find 10 millionaires, and I'm going to interview them because I need to dig into their brain. Okay? Um. Let's let, let let's jump into this call. Jennifer, what's up? Ooh, let me find the mute button. Okay, so good morning, happy new year with now as I used to say years too to y'all did that to Dave. So good and get <laughs> Woo, you pay attention when, when they roast you, Dave. I pay attention. So Guys, um, housekeeping for all of you who are new to the call, welcome. 
welcome, welcome. If you need any support, any help, please email support at davidneversleeps.com. If you are brand new, you're on your trial, we will let you into the Facebook group when you're off your trial, after your seven days and after your payment hits. Um, if you are requesting access to the Facebook group, please make sure you use the email address that you um, signed up for the call with. And if you don't know where the Facebook group is, it is in your reminder emails that you're getting. If you're not getting, <laughs> if you're not getting emails, hello, hello, hello. Go for it. Keep rocking out. Um, if you are not getting emails, please send an email to support at davidneversleeps.com because you miss valuable information that we send out, we communicate through email. And please, 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 I know you want your friends to come, but do not invite them to the Facebook group. Our group is for private paid members only, and we will have to usher them out. And in a minute, I'm gonna start calling you guys out. So please stop doing that, okay? If you want your friends to join, get paid off of letting them join, get an affiliate link. I'll drop that in the chat in a minute and invite your friends that way and have them join for the dollar trial with the affiliate link. That's it. You guys have an amazing day. Good stuff. All right, cool. Let's jump into it, man. I'm uh, I'm going clubhouse with it. I'm going clubhouse because I think it's going to be good. All right. Who wants to be a millionaire is the goal is the, is the conversation around here. Who wants to be a millionaire? Who wants to be a millionaire? Who wants to be a millionaire? Just put it in the chat. Um, who wants to be a millionaire? Who wants to be a millionaire? Okay, I, 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 have, I have quite a little sermon today. Hold on, let me bring up my my sleepless my uh, morning meetup family. Okay, uh, let me bring y'all up real quick. Let me bring y'all up real quick. Hold on. All right, all right, all right. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Give me a second, y'all. Give me a second. Give me a second. All right, cool, cool. Um, why do you want to be a millionaire, though, is my question. Why do you want to be a millionaire, is my question. Why, 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 why? Just put it in the chat. Put it in the chat. Why do you want to be a millionaire? So the, the topic of this conversation, all right, that's cool, is who wants to be a millionaire? Who wants to be a millionaire? Okay, cool. I've 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 come up with a couple reasons why I believe you should want to get rich. Now, there's some people that have a problem with that. And um and that's okay. That's 100% okay. But um I want to talk about why you should really really want to get rich. It's um it's really a very very noble thing to consider if you really think about it. Here we go. The first reason I believe, I believe that you should want to get rich because we're reading Richest Man in Babylon. And I feel like it is a um, it is a duty or an obligation of you to want to get rich. The first reason I believe you should want to get rich is you can help more people. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You can help more people. Imagine the scenario that we're in where we don't have enough. Remember, we're re reading Richard's Man in ba Babylon. Kabai comes to Bansir and Kabai says, yo, Bansir, you chilling, ain't you? Dang, you hanging out. That must mean you have money. He said, you must, you're so wealthy that you can just sit on the wall and chill. You gotta be all right. He says, yo, let me, let me get two shekels. Can I have two shekels? You must got it, because clearly you ain't working. Bansir looks and says, yo, man, I ain't got two shekels. I'm just as broke as you are. But but he said, yo, I should be in a position where I can give you the two, right? It would hurt my heart when my mom asked me for something, and I can't help her out. There's some points, especially especially in my entrepreneurial journey, where my mother says, yo, I need a little help. Do you got it? And my question is no, I don't. I'm sorry. I'm at a point too, where I'm an entrepreneur. So I'm making sales, but I don't have any money. But I wanted to get to a point where like Arcad, right? He has a stream of income that no matter if, if you, I can give away too. I can, I can flick a little coin to the poor and it doesn't really affect me, but you can really, really help more people. The question is, who do you know that needs help that you can't help? Just throw it in the chat real quick. Uh, for those that are on Clubhouse, we are in uh, the morning meetup live. Okay, I'm gonna be on here for maybe like 20 minutes and then uh, I'll probably shut down the room unless my brother Dewan or somebody wants to hold down the room, we could do that. Um, but the, the reason, so there, there are certain reasons why I believe you should really, really desire to get rich. It has nothing to do with money, but you can help more people. So let's just make a little list of the people that you know, the people that you know, the people that you know need help. So in your own notes, you'll probably say, okay, mom, by name, brother, by name, your wife, your kids, spouse, things of that nature. I'm asking you to create a list of the people that you know need help. You know they need help. It's important. You know the people, you know the people. And I want you to put them by name, like at least maybe it's on a, on a board or something like that, people that you know. Secondly, who needs help that you don't know? Who needs help that you don't know? The homeless, um, maybe people that um, have been um, abused, like there are kids in, sh in shelters or homes, that because you are so selfish and so high and mighty to think that, oh, I don't do things for the money. I don't need money. And it's I, 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 I. And you're so selfish that you won't go grind and go build a stream of income to help some people that you don't know. You ever talk to those people? When you start talking about money, they're like, oh, life ain't about money. I don't need no money. I just want to be happy. You're selfish. 
you're selfish at the end of the day. So there are people that you know that you can help if you went and got rich, okay? I'm just, well, I just want to talk about going to get rich. Here's the thing. I'm not, I'm not teaching you um, how to get rich right now, okay? I don't necessarily consider myself rich. I mean, it's like a, you'd have to define it, right? And I don't know if there's like a clear definition based off of a number, but I'm doing okay in depending on what table I'm sitting at. Again, I was telling the story. I was sitting down with um, I was at the wedding with um, with a uh, Wall Street trapper and Nehemiah Davis, and I had a moment, and I realized that I'm like moments away from poverty. <laughs> like at some tables, wow, Dave, you're doing great, but I'm sitting next to these guys, and I'm like, yo, I'm this close to homeless. I'm doing bad. So I'm not. I'm not here to tell you like how to get rich or claiming that I'm the wealthiest person in the world. But I do have a couple real, real good reasons why I personally need to get rich. One, to help the people that I know. Two, to help the people that I don't know. Okay, you can help more people by creating a legacy. That'd be a good reason to get rich. Not saying that you need money to create a legacy, Martin Luther King, I don't know if he's the wealthiest person in the world. He created a legacy. Malcolm X, Mother Teresa, I don't know. I don't know their financial situation, but they created a legacy. But in this day and age, you could do so much in terms of philanthropy if you went and built something big. Also, the feeling of helping people that don't know you helped them. What about the people that you're going to help that don't know you helped them? Now, there's a group of people that you know, your friends, family, that you can assist, right? Then there's a group of people that you don't know. You're going to go out and feed the homeless, and they'll say, oh, my gosh, you're a godsend. That's awesome. But then there's a group of people that you are going to bless that won't even know it was you. It's not It's not about the glory that I get, but I want to be in a position where I, I can just bless, and they will know that God sent an angel to them. Nobody's taking credit. It's one thing to go out and put my stand on a, stand on a truck and give out turkeys during the holidays, right? I'm I'm I pull up in the hood and I give out gifts. I got the cameraman there, and we it's good, it's good because it inspires other people to do the same thing. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't record it, things of that nature. Cause when we did the thing at Walmart, we were recording, right? And then other people in other cities, they started doing different versions of it, which is awesome. But you are going to be so well, listen, there are some people that I know, let's just say um, um, uh, uh, Bill Gates has helped and they don't know Bill Gates helped them. Right. That's another feeling. OK, so the first reason I believe you should get rich is because you can help more people. The second reason I believe you should really, really get rich is because of who you have to become to get that way. Do you understand the level of personal development it takes to become a billionaire? I be, I, I truly believe that nowadays, nowadays, um, you can stumble on a million dollars. Now, it still takes skill set, takes like work, but to go like multiple millionaire, you can't, you can't trip on that. You have to become something. 
You have to be well-read. You have to get out of your own way. You got to get out of your own head. The personal development that it takes to become rich. I'm not saying for the money, but to accomplish, to, to accomplish gathering a whole bunch of money. Golly, can you imagine the personal development that it takes? You've got to learn um, money management. You've got to learn the skill of accumulating money than managing the money. You got to accumulate time management. You got to know how to structure your day. People skills. You got to know how to like really move chess pieces around the board. There's a big project. You got to figure out how to get other people to help you with it because you cannot, it's really, really difficult to get wealthy on your own. Not saying that you can't because there are some traders that sit there and they trade and day trade and they're really good at it and they don't need nobody else. But for the most part, if you are going to get wealthy, the, the mindset that it takes, some of you, it's just, it's, it's, it's simply your mindset. Somebody sent me an e email, not an email, a DM. I want to say this was Friday. I want to say it's Friday. They DM me and said, "Why is your um, why is your content creation course so expensive?" I can't afford. That was the question. Why is it so expensive? I can't afford to pay that type of money. And that was it. That was the whole DM. My reply was I don't know why you can't afford it. But expensive is relative, right? The, their mindset, their mindset is your, your price is too much. And they never really thought or considered the fact that maybe the price isn't too much. Maybe the problem is I just can't afford it. There needs to be a mindset shift. It's going to take a long time for that person to get wealthy. They have to change, like their whole mindset has to shift. I I know, I know, I know they don't read personal development books. I just know it. I don't know the person, but I can imagine they have a million playlists for Spotify. I can imagine. They probably love music or sports or entertainment. I, know, I don't even, I don't know the person. I don't know the person. What's up, podcaster or soon-to-be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know, ATL, baby. Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th, two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools, you don't have the tips, you don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art 
of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. But wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you. Rub shoulders with industry leaders. And you got to network with other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on Social Proof Podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side, and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code Big Deal. It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people listening to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, boo thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you... No, right now, yet you got time, no pressure, you get us back. But use that code big deal that triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free. So don't wait. So secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country. Join us July 4th and 5th in Atlanta. Let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality, y'all. Head over to podcastsummit.com. Use promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights take your brand to new heights take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer okay i'll see you at the summit and don't forget to use promo code big deal but i know what their financial situation looks like i know how they handle money by the dm because I believe the second reason we need to get wealthy or we need to really get rich. And okay, so for the people that are saying, yo, I don't want to be rich, I want to be wealthy. If you look in the dictionary, it's the same definition. Stop being deep, okay? <laughs> if you look if you look in a dictionary, rich and wealthy is the same definition. So whatever. But th- there, there needs to be a mindset. The personal development that it takes, the, you have to master a skill to get rich. I think that's another reason you need to get rich. Don't you want to be good at something that matters? Don't you? Don't you want to be like, don't you really, really want to master something and be amazing at it? That's what it takes to get rich. Again, forget the money. I'm just saying walk in excellence in something. So the first reason I believe you really need to get rich is because um, you can help a lot of people. The more you have, the more you can help other people. The second reason is for the personal development that it takes. The person you have to become to get rich. It's different. You have to tap into like a superpower. You have to like really tap into a mode. You got to stop procrastinating. You got to stop missing opportunities. Personal development. It's just for no other reason. Go get rich just for who you become when you become rich. Okay. Number three. Number three. For the quality of life. I believe you should get rich to enjoy a different quality of life. 
a different quality of life. So there's somebody that um, wakes up early in the morning and you go, you, you, you don't like waking up early in the morning and you go to a place that you don't like full of people that you don't like. And then you get home tired, frustrated, and you still don't have enough. That is not a good quality of life. I think you should go get rich for the quality of life it allows you to have. I'm not saying that rich people have a great quality of life, but I'm talking about for you. Again, I'm not saying that rich people have a great quality of life, but I'm talking about for you, I believe you would be able to drastically improve your quality of life if you had it. Would you agree? It's the quality of life. So we were, um, I was I was recording a podcast episode yesterday and my wife was there. When we finished, um, me and Donnie, we were talking about, um, um, you know, how we need to like, just go away, recharge your battery, just go on a little trip, right? And the conversation goes, yo, we should go somewhere. Where do you want to go? So, well, somewhere hot, maybe a couple of days just to like really get your thoughts together. And I was my wife. I said, you want to go? She said, yeah, we can, but I can't really travel. I'm pregnant, things of that nature. My point in all of this was we can go next week. It wasn't about like the money or, yo, we like, we got to really like budget and make, yo, we, we can go somewhere. I'm, I'm not, listen, I, I promise you, this ain't like something or nothing like that. But I've been at this thing for a long time. And there are certain things that you're allowed to do where like, money isn't the issue. Now, we're not taking no private jet. We're still going to look for the best like price of flights. And we, we definitely going to budget it out. Okay, we're not just going to the most expensive hotel. We're going to find out what number makes sense. But the, but the freedom, the freedom to pick up and go, you will soon experience that. You will soon experience that. You you can't. I, I, I'm telling you. I, there was a there was a shift that took place, and I, I think um, I can relate to Terika because I asked Terika on this uh, on her uh, on the interview we did, and I said, "When did you know you were successful? When did you know you were successful?" And she said, "When I went to the grocery store and I went grocery shopping and I paid for the food without having to check my account first. It was a freedom. She said, she walked out and said, yo, I, I think I made it. I think I made it. Imagine filling up your tank and just let you, you hit the button and you just let it run. I listen, I, I didn't experience that for a long time. It was okay. I know I got $15. I'm putting $15 in there and I'm going to stop it at 15 I'm going to slow down at 1493. We going to slow down cuz we not going a penny over 15. That it was a, it was a game changer for me when I just I just I just I could turn the gas on and then walk into the store and go get a quick trip pretzel. It 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 it, it was a it was a certain freedom for me. I believe 
Um, it's, it's just one less pressure. Okay. So that's the third reason I believe you need to get rich. One is for all the people that you can help. Two is for you, for who you have to become to become wealthy. Number three, for the, the quality of life, the freedom getting rich provides. Again, I'm not saying all rich people have a high quality of life. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying for you, for the people that are listening, I believe you would know what to do with it and you can drastically improve your quality of life. And lastly, number four, you can be an inspiration. Wouldn't you wanna be somebody that inspires other people to succeed? Tupac was amazing. He said, I may not, I may not change the world, but I'm going to spark the mind of those who will. Can you imagine like being successful and kids look up to you? Listen, I, it, it's such a blessing, man. Um, seeds that I planted years ago in high schools, every couple months I run across a student that was in one of my classes and they say, yo, you're the guy. I'm the, the, the guy that uh, he comes to the kiosk all the time now. He said, I'm an entrepreneur because you came to my class, man. You inspire me. You brought all your entrepreneur friends. That felt good. Forget the, forget the money, but the fact that I was able to make enough money to go to a school where they didn't pay me and I didn't need the money, but I wanted to do something amazing. And I, I, I told them my journey on the things that I accomplished. And there was a kid in the classroom and he said, yo, I want, I want to be that. And they become that. And they come to you years later and say, yo, you inspire me. There's no better feeling in the world. You become an inspiration. You become people, somebody that somebody looks up to. And not for the vanity, because you can be caught in the vanity. But I feel so blessed when people say, yo, I watch your videos and you just, just, a such, just, just an inspiration. God is good. So those are the four reasons I believe it's important, vital for you to run after wealth, to really get rich, to go build something. All right. So look, guys, we on um, the book, Richest Man in Babylon, and the chapter, Richest Man in Babylon. So um, this was really, really good. In the first chapter, um, Bansir and Kabai were... Um, they're frustrated, okay? Trying to figure out how to how to make wealth, right? Kabai has this idea. Hey, we know this guy, Arcad. He's really rich. Bansir says, yes, I'm going to rob him. I'm going to put my hands on him. And I'm just going to take his bread. Uh, Kabai says, nah, let's just, let's just listen to what he has to say. So in this particular chapter, uh, we get into that. So um, one of the principles I took was, um, it says, um, uh, why then should a fickle? Oh, so for one, they talk about a fickle fate as if it's like a, like as if it's a person, and he he sees money very visually, right? So he says, um, therefore, there upon Arcad remonstrated with them, saying, if you have not acquired more than a bare existence in the years since we were youths, it is because you either have failed to learn the laws that govern the building of wealth or else you do not observe them. So two reasons that um, if since a child, we've, we've all made a lot of money, if you think about it, since a child. You know, you're, you know, 
allowance or some of us were raking leaves or cutting grass or whatever we were making money and then you know through college or making money we got these jobs and many of us have nothing to show for it but our cat says it's either because um we failed to learn the laws that govern the building of wealth or else we don't observe them but what are these laws that govern building wealth, right? If we learn the laws, we'll be fine, right? Um, so he gets into it and he said, and when I realized, um, when I realized this, I declared to myself that I would claim my share of the good things of life. So our cat sees these, these people that are making money. And what really stuck out to me is that he said, when I realized all of this, I declared to myself that I would claim my share of the good things of life. The first time I read it, that stuck out to me because I said, yo, I never really made a strong decision. Yo, I'm going to sit here and make a decision to become wealthy. Now, um, somebody DM me yesterday, and uh, I don't know if it was – I don't want you guys to think that, like, I'm all about making money. It just so happens that we're on that on this particular chapter, okay? But I think it's important to make a declaration that, yo, I am going to be successful. Whatever the success is, okay? It may not be millions of dollars. You might just make a declaration that I don't want to fall below the negative anymore. But whatever your goal is, it's fine, okay? It's not, it's not about making money. However, money is just a good way to keep score. How are we doing in that particular area? Number will show. So um, he made a declaration. He said, I decided that if I was to achieve what I desired, time and study would be required. This part was really good. He talked about time and study. As for time, all men have it in abundance. Time, we all have it in abundance. You, each of you, have let slip by sufficient time to have made yourself wealthy. So, hold on. Let me just move this. All right, cool. So he said, um, time and study. We all have sufficient time. But what do a lot of us say when it comes to taking on a project or when it's something that we have to do? What is one? Of, what is the number one excuse for people when it comes to building when something? Comes to building something. I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. I do it later. I just don't have time. Don't have. But time. we do have time. We do have. The thing is, if we feel we don't have time, we created that. God gave us 24 hours. What we've done is place things in our 24 hours, in our time. And now we act like, oh, there's not enough hours in a day, as if God did something wrong. If God would have gave me 30 hours, I'd be straight. No, we all have the same 24 You decided to put this in there. You decided to put that in there. You decided to fill your day up with things that don't necessarily uh, matter. Now, I will soon have a child and uh, my tune may change. (laughs) However, I'm still going to have to do what I have to do with limited time available. I did that. I create, well, I didn't do it by myself, but I created this child that I'm going to have to allocate some time for. But 
we still have to be determined and figure out how we're going to get this thing done. Okay. So he's talking about time. He says, we all have enough time, but we let slip by sufficient time to have made ourselves wealthy. And for, as for study, did not our wise teacher teach us that learning was of two kinds, the one kind being the things we learned and knew, and the other being in the training that taught us how to find out what we did not know, the training in how, in how to find out what we did not know. This is a good thing we're reading this book, right? Because we're trying to find out the laws of wealth. Because if we're not wealthy, we either don't know the laws or we're ignoring them. So we're trying to find out which one it is. This is really good. Um, you have filled your part of your bargain. So the guy says, I need these stone tablets. And if you are going, if you complete these stone tablets by the morning, I will teach you how to get wealthy. Right. So he says, uh, you have filled your part of the bargain, my son. He said to me kindly, and I am ready to fulfill mine. I will tell you these things you wish to know because I am becoming an old man. An old tongue loves to wag. And when youth comes to age for advice, he received the wisdom of years. I promise you that has been something that I've learned and come to appreciate that people who are older and they've already made their money, they will sit there and talk to you. They will sit there and talk to you. They will sit there and give you the game. They will answer the questions. An old tongue loves, loves to wag. This is, yo, this was written in the 20s. And the principles are still the same. They're solid. So, all right. She said, um, mark you well my words, for if you do not, you will fail to grasp the truth that I will tell you. And you will think that your night's work has been in vain. So he's, he's laying a foundation saying, you did something for me, and I told you I was going to teach you how to build wealth. But he's prefacing it. He says, yo, what I'm about to tell you, you may feel like you wasted your time. It's going to be so simple that you're going to feel like I cheated you. What that told me is the, the laws that govern building wealth are going to be so simple that in our head, we believe that's not it. I, did, I, was, I was in a session the other day and what I was telling, what I was telling the guy was, it's very, it's what you're overthinking it. And I'm telling you something simple that you need to do, but they think it's so simple. It can't be true. It can't be right. There's no way. That's just too simple. It has to be complex. It has to be hard. And it has to be like something I really got. No, first, let's just take step one. Okay. So he says, uh, da, 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 your night's work will be in vain. Then he looked at me shrewdly from under his shaggy brow and said in a low, forceful tone, I found the road to wealth when I decided that a part of all I earned was mine's to keep. And so will you. A part of all you earn is mine to keep. What does that mean? Pay yourself first. That you yeah, pay yourself pay. first. Pay yourself first. What does that mean, though? Uh, before you pay your bills, in. well, before you pay your bills or give money to any place else, make sure that you're paying yourself, like putting some money aside for yourself. Hmm. Yo. I worked it when I was working at the Cheesecake Factory. That's when I read this book when I was working at the Cheesecake Factory. And um, I was like, okay, I'll try it. 
It doesn't seem like um, a wealth principle. It doesn't seem like it's going to help me get wealthy, but I'll try it. So I had these, um, I had like these little, uh, um, these little envelopes or I'm, and, and like, yeah, I, I just like little envelopes and every day after work, I put, there was, there was, there was two buckets that I had. I take money and I put it in tie and I take 10%. So let's just say I made $70 at work in tips. I'll take $7 and I'll put it in the tithe envelope. I'll take another $7 and I'll put it in the savings envelope. Now, I don't know what I'm saving for, but the book said a percentage of all I earn is mine to keep. So every single day, I'm like, okay, now I got $7 where on this coming church service, that envelope will soon be gone. But this other envelope I have, but now I have $7. And then the next day I made $60 at work. I put $6 in there. Oh, I got $15. It took me so long to get to 100 but I had it. And then I was at like, I, I turned around, I was at like 300 And then I found myself wanting to pick up extra shifts at work, not to make more money, but to fill up that 10% envelope. It became a game for me. How soon can I build this little savings? Because I remember when I put the first $7 in. This was, this, this was one of the principles that changed my life. And look what happened. Um, you'll see it later. Um, he said, uh, uh, he says, um, okay, Google, can you live in Babylon with, oh, let me just read this part because it was just so good. He said, is that all? I asked, he said, that was sufficient to change the heart of a sheep herder into the heart of a money lender, he replied. But all I learn, I earn is mine to keep. Is that, is that not? I demanded, far from it, he replied. Do you not pay the garment maker? So he said, yo, all the, a part of what you earn is yours to keep. He's like, is that all? He said, everything I earn is mine to keep. He said, far from it. He said, do you not pay the garment maker? Do you not pay the sandal maker? Do you not pay for the things you eat? Can you live in Babylon without spending? Do you not pay your light bill? Do you not pay your water bill? Do you not pay uh, McDonald's drive-through? All of the money that you earn is not yours to keep. Just a part, just a portion of it. He said, what do you have to show for your earnings over the past month? What for the past year? Fool. You pay to everyone but yourself. Dillard, you labor for others. As well, be a slave and work for what your master gives you to eat and wear. If you did keep for yourself one-tenth of all you earn, how much would you have in 10 years? Take 30 seconds, and I want you to identify that for yourself. Just calculate it, just real quick. If you did keep for yourself one-tenth of all you earn, how much would you have in 10 years? This book club is so good. I'm so glad we did this. How much would you have in 10 years? Just calculate it. So let's say you make $5,000 a month on your job, about. That's $500 every single month. Over a year, that's 6,000. Over 10 years, 6,000. And now we think, well, 10 years is a long time to become wealthy. What am I going to do in 10 years? But 
if you'd have started this process 10 years ago, today, Siobhan, what's up? So I had just a quick question to make sure I'm understanding this right. So you pay yourself 10% and you also pay for those who do tithe, like 10% of your tithe as well. You're not saying to use the 10%, you give to yourself as a, as a tithe, right? Correct. So that, that was me. So I was taking 10% and I was giving it to the tithe and temper. Actually, yo, believe it or not, believe it or not. When I got on this journey, I wanted to make more money. And uh, this is like just a personal relationship I had with God. I'm not turning you guys spiritual, but I said that um, I'm actually going to tithe 20%. So I actually started tithing. And this is like me working at the Cheesecake Factory. So I started tithing 20%. And I was still saving 10%. There was just a personal relationship I had. Meaning I am forced to live off of 70%. And I found out that that was enough. If I, I had all this loose money, I like just loose money. And it would just, it would just, if it didn't have a home, it would just fall through my pocket. I was in a habit of making money and just not having money until it's time to make money again. What you will find, and uh, this is this is what uh, Arcad found, is that there wasn't much of a difference taking ten percent. So, um, yes, got it. Okay, cool. Um, okay, he said, uh, and, and watch this. Here's the twist. He said, how much? If you kept for yourself one tenth of all you earned, how much would you have in ten years? He says, my knowledge of the numbers did not forsake me, and I answered, as much as I earn in one year. Got it? He says, you speak but half the truth, he retorted. Every gold piece you save is a slave to work for you. Every copper it earns is its child that also can earn for you. If you could become wealthy, if you would become wealthy, then what you save must earn and its children must earn. That all may help to give, you, give to you the abundance you crave. He said, not only... If you save 10% of a year's earning in 10 years, you'll have a year's earning. Make sense? So if you make $60,000 a year, if you save 10% of that in 10 years, you'll have 60,000. But he said, you speak only half the truth because along this journey of saving money, the goal is to take some of that money and invest it to make more money. So in the end of 10 years, you'll have more than 60,000 with wise investment. Okay. All right, so um, he he messes up. He says, um, "Okay, have you have you pretty much saved this money?" He said, "Yes." He said, "I've given it." He said, "And what did you do with it?" He said, "I've given it." This is a year later. A year later, he said, "I've given it to Asmer, the brickmaker, who told me he was traveling over the far seas and in Tyre. Tyre, he will buy for me the rare jewels of the Phoenicians." My man went to a brick maker to learn about jewels, invest in jewels with a brick maker. He says, um, every fool must learn, he growled, but why trust the knowledge of a brick maker about jewels? Would you go to the bread maker to inquire about the stars? No, by my tunic. You would go to the astrologer if you had power to think. Your savings are gone. He's like, yo, chalk that up, start over. That's a wrap. I don't even know you, man, the brick maker, but it's over. Okay, that's dead. Start over. 
Okay, the, the principle in that is find people who are experts in what they do. I invest with Terica. She's been in Forbes for real estate. She's been in real estate for years. We talk that that property, they instead of 50,000, they want 45,000 now. And uh, she's sitting the contract over this morning. But she's a brick maker that like I'm investing in bricks with. And now you find somebody who is ex, an expert in the craft and, you, craft and you study under their feet. Okay. Um, okay. He says, so he leaves again and comes back. He says, and it was, as he said, for the Phoenicians are scoundrels and sold to asthma worthless bits of glass. I again save each 10 copper, each 10th copper, for I now have formed the habit and it was no longer difficult. He lost his bread, but he said, okay, I'm gonna start over because I formed the habit. I'm asking you to form the habit, the habit. The more you do it, you'll start to form a habit. Okay. Um, so he leaves and comes back and he says, yo, do you, do you like, did you do it again? Pretty much. He says, um, so 12 months later, he came to the room of scribes and addressed me. He said, that is good. He said, he said, what do you do with the money? Right. Cause he, he got it right now. He said, I, you know, I'm making money off my money now. And he says, what do you do with the money? He said, I do have a great feast with honey and fine wine and spice cake. Also, I bought me a scarlet tunic and someday I shall buy me a young uh, bull, I guess, upon which to ride. To which Algamish laughed. You do eat the children of your savings. Then how do you expect them to work for you? And how can they have children that will also work for you? Again, he's looking at money so visual. He said, you're eating like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. You do eat the children of your savings. No lie. When I read this, it was so crazy. Every time I went to spend money on food, I looked at it as eating the children of my savings. I, yo, I'm so glad we're reading this because it, it's really taking me back to a time. Every time. Like, I, I remember sitting in a store because I had this little savings bucket and things of that nature. And I was in a shoe store and I was about to buy some shoes. And I'm like, man, I really like these shoes. They go back to get my size and I'm sitting there stuck because I'm like, yo, I'm really about to wear my children, the, the children of my savings. And they're not even... I'm going to mess them up. They're not going to bring me any money back. So they go back. And then I realize I'm like, dang, I just waste that person time. Cause I'm going to try these shoes on and act like they don't fit. And then I'm going to leave. <laughs> I remember it. I didn't want to just act. Like, I was like, ah, ah, they kind of tight. Uh, you know what? No, nah, I'm good. I don't like the way they fit. And I left. <laughs> I no longer wanted to eat the children of my savings. Okay. Um, all right. I'm almost done. Goodness gracious. We're running over time. Y'all all right. Y'all good. I'll go through the what we're gonna talk about um, quickly. If I if I know my notebook, where did I do my notebook? Oh wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know where my notebook is. Okay, um, okay, okay, cool. Okay, so he left and he came back again. He says, um, uh, for two years, he says, uh, I answered not yet all that I did. He said, you know, are you you know wealthy? Pretty much, he said, not yet all that I desire, but some I have, and it earns more and its earnings earn more. And do you still take advice for, of brick makers? He said about bricks, they give good advice, I retorted. Archaic continued, have you learned your lesson well? He said, you first learn to live upon less than you can earn. 
Next, you learn to seek the advice of those who were competent through their own experiences to give it. And lastly, you have learned to make gold work for you. I, those are the principles. Those are the laws that he talked about. Those three laws. First, you learn to live upon less than you can earn. That's the 10%. We take 10% out and now I'm living off 90%. Or you get to a point where you can take out 20%. Now we're living off 80%, meaning we're living off of less than we earn. But for some of you, you understand credit and how to get credit cards. And because you have that knowledge, it becomes dangerous. Because now you have the credit and you tell yourself you're going to pay yourself back and you wind up living off more than you earn which is way worse than living off of exactly what you earn. The plan is to live off less than you earn. But if you keep floating credit and paying for credit for things, now, if it's going to be an investment in a business, I'm here for it 100%. But if you're taking some of the money and you're like going out to eat with your family, you're just putting it on credit and you're not paying it back. I pay off my credit cards every month. We're not floating money. Does that make sense? I'm not floating money. Unless it's for an investment. I mean, I, I still haven't put any investments on a credit card because I take the money that I earn and I put some aside and I use that money to invest. Y'all understand? The goal is to live off less than you earn. That's the first law. The second law, learn to seek advice from those who are competent through their own experiences to give it. So some of us have mentors, shouts out to uh, him 500. He's competent and understands. Some of you have certain mentors, competent and understands and you're learning and you're teaching and you're getting coaching from them, which is awesome. And if you're not, if you're not being coached, I think it's a good idea. According to the laws that we're gonna start living by. And number three, lastly, you have learned to make gold work for you. So let the money work for us, okay? He says, opportunity is a haughty goddess who wastes no time with those who are unprepared. And lastly, we, dang, we spent a lot of time. Okay, this, this, okay, here's, here's, here was the, here was like the grand finale for me. This, this part was crazy. So after he started, he started talking and he finished his speech. He says, his friends thanked him and went away. Some were silent because they had no imagination and could not understand. Some were sarcastic because they thought that one so rich should divide with old friends, not so fortunate. But some had in their eyes a new light. They realized that Algamish had come back each time to the room of the scribes because he was watching a man work his way out of darkness into light. There was, they all got the same information. We're all on this call, right? We all get the same information. Some of them just didn't, they didn't get it. They just didn't understand it. They just don't. So you're gonna, you're gonna leave and then you're gonna just spend all your money again and be in the same situation next year as you are this year. 2021 is not gonna be your year. Cause you just don't understand. You don't get it yet. And it's not, it's not the, my job is not this call's job. It's not your coach's job to get you to understand. 
at some point you so I think some things aren't taught they're just caught and it just has to click for you but I believe being in the environment it helps it click a little faster so some people say yo I'm we went away I just don't understand the second per person says yo if you there, there was a room last uh yesterday in clubhouse where they were talking about should you sell information or something like that some people feel yo rich people should just Divide up their wealth. They're all greedy and they're all uh, money hungry. And it's all about money and they're not going to give to anybody else. I feel like they should just give it away. I feel like you take all the wealthy people, you put all the money in a pot and you distribute it amongst everybody else. That's my feeling. But here's what I know about that is if they took all of the wealth in the world, divided it amongst everybody equally, it's only going to take a couple of years before that money finds its way back in the hands of its rightful owners. It'll be a few years. Grant, he was talking. All right. Y'all all right, right? Okay. Grant Cardone was on Clubhouse and he did a show. He said, yo, they, he dropped, they dropped them off in a city where he couldn't use his phone. He couldn't use his connections. He couldn't use his, um, any of his money. And he had to figure out a way to make a million dollars in 90 days. I don't know how it went, but that joint sounded super cool. I think he did it on a TV show. They dropped him off in the city, took his cell phone, can't use his contacts, can't use his name. He has to just be dropped. He said he's brokered and broke, no money. He has to figure it out, how to make a million dollars in 90 days. I said, golly, when you have the formula. And then I start calculating in my head, how is this going to work? I wonder what he's gonna do. He's probably gonna use all that personal development that he has, like all the books that he uses. And he's probably gonna talk to people the way people need to be talked to. Can't take information away. And then the last person, the last group of people said, some had in their eyes a new light. And I could see it in your eyes. I guess I'm looking at Dwight. He's like, oh, I'm about to get this back. I'm about to change my family's life. I can see it. It's a, it's a light. It's an, an awakening. I get it now. Okay. So, um, yes, that's that. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.